Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Absolutely. Okay, so moving along to my Oilers is a completely different story here. Uh, like, they've, so they've, great team, obviously. You got McDavid, you got Dreisaitl, even Nuge, and then they went out and got Hyman. Um, you know, a lot of hype with Hyman, though. I, I feel like that's going to hurt Hyman a little bit. Um, I think they, you know, it is a smart signing in eight year, the whole bit, and it, it was something that they needed. I think another thing that's going to work in Ken Holland's favor this year is that a lot of the key players are starting to mature and get and understand the role a little bit better. One being Nurse. Uh, I think Nurse is going to be um, what's great about Nurse, too, is that they're using him in a secondary role. And I think he's going to flourish. Uh, I think he's on the second power play with, uh, with other secondary players that are starting to fall into the right place. So uh, Pulley Arby is going to really figure it out this year. Um, maybe not so much Yamamoto. I think Yamamoto is still going to continue to be more of a, a coattails kind of player. Um, and, and he'll continue down that, that road. But Fogel he's going to have a career year this year. Um, and he's going to work well with Kazian. I think Kazian is a third-line guy, and that's where he belongs. I think trying to put too much pressure on him was a big mistake. And <laughs> believe it or not, one thing that I love about this team is that Kyle Turris is on it, and he's on the fourth line. He's also on the second-line power play, but I love that he's there. Kyle Turris is a very gifted player. He's very, very skilled. But I don't think he does well against other teams top um, players I don't I don't think he, he lines up well there I think he is a very good player at finding the holes on a vulnerable line that's why a third or fourth makes sense and same thing with the second power play I believe he's on the second power play yes he is um, and yeah yeah see in that second power play I love Fogel, Turris, Kazian, Nurse and Bouchard and there's Nurse again on the second power play not the first why because they got Barry that's what Barry does he's on the first he helps anchor, uh, not anchor, he carry offensively that team because good luck getting the puck away from Hyman, Hodge, Dreisaitl, and McDavid, and Barry. When you're killing penalties, you're, you're not getting the puck. You're not going to touch the puck. Forget it. So that's the first. And then, then you come back at the second with a very capable Kazian, Turris, Fogel, Nurse, and Bouchard. This is dangerous. This is very dangerous. Never, ever get a penalty against this team. They will bury you every single time. But depth-wise, Holland did a great job. He went out and got Keith. That's huge. Keith will not be the offensive force he may have been in Chicago in the earlier years. But he will be there to help this young core really understand how they and where they fall in. Um, and I'm looking right now. Friggin' Barry's on the third-line uh, defensive pairing, which is awesome. Um, they got Bouchard at the top with Nurse. And then they got Barry at the bottom with uh, Kokek. Kokek? Cokehead? That's what I said. I said Cokehead. Slater Cuckoo? <laughs> there you go. That guy. Slater. Is it Cuckoo? That's how you pronounce it? Awesome. Yeah, I believe so. Hate these names. I'm terrible no, with you names, know guys. No offense. <laughs> hey, no worries there. We'll be we'll be there to back each other up, Marty. Thanks, man. I mean, for me, when it comes to your Oilers, uh, the, the one thing I will say is depth. Uh, they've yep. got depth now. I mean, look, we all know what McDavid can do. We all know what Dreisaitl yeah. can do. Yeah. Uh, you know, with some complimentary pieces and Pulley, Arvey, and Hyman, and Yamamoto, and that kind of thing. Yeah. The one guy I want to focus on, and we've talked about him uh, personally uh, in our conversations, Marty, is Warren Fogel. Yeah. I I love this player uh, added to this roster. Yeah. Uh, I think that I, I think that your third line now 
which is currently Fogel, Derek Ryan, and Zach Cassian. Dude, that is a really, really tough. That's a tough line to play against. And that's, that's a, been, uh, you know, that's their that's been their call- Achilles' heels for as long as McDavid's been there is depth, not being able to find the secondary scoring, not being able to have other lines you yeah. can throw out there just to scare the other team, make them worried. I don't know who to throw at this because these guys are just as skilled, maybe not as skilled, but these guys are skilled too. So I need to worry about this line and the second, the third line. Like that's, that's been their biggest problem. I think now, again, the benefit of time, because some of these players have been there for a while and they're, and they needed time to figure things out. And Jesse Pugliarby is one of them. I think he has got it figured out now. And I think going forward, he is, you need to be, he's huge. And he's very skilled. It's just he needed time. And I think he's there now. Same thing with Darnell Nurse. He needed time to figure out how he fits into this team and where his game was going. And I think he's got that. And honestly, I think Darnell Nurse, eventually he wins a Norris trophy. Um, he's too good and too well balanced not to. It may not be this year, it may not be next year, but I think he does at some point. Um, but I think two things I want to mention, and then we'll move on to the next segment. One thing, if the Oilers don't make the finals, um, I, I am going to consider that a failure. Uh, mostly because everything seems right. The, Holland's done a great job of going out and plugging the holes that were talked about for years, and we always needed to you know, be aware of those holes. I think he's done a great job of plugging that, and now it's time, it, it's time to um, put up or shut up. And if they don't make the finals, because you've got McDavid, you've got Dreisaitl, you've got the best of the league doing the best now so that you plug the holes, you've got the best. What's your excuse? Why are you not in the finals then? So I, I honestly feel that if it's not finals, it's a bust. And I'll, I'll agree with you, Marty, up to a point. Okay. I'll actually be easy on you. I'll actually be easy on your Oilers and I'll explain why. Okay. Yes, Actually, sorry, yes, sorry. They do. Be- before you do, because this may touch in on that, I d- the last thing I want to mention is the, yeah. the, the re- one reason why they may not get there, and I wouldn't be surprised, this might be the last hole to plug, is the goalie situation. I don't have any faith. Smith came out of the gates a little too hot. I don't believe it. I, I don't buy it at all. Um, so I think <laughs> if you don't have if you don't have great goaltending in the playoffs, it'll be an obvious thing pretty early on and then you're done. If Koskinen can't carry this team for stretches and into the playoffs, then it's not going to happen. That's it. That's all I want to say. Go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Um, I mean, I I personally will be a little bit easier on your Oilers in the uh, fact that, yes, I do agree with you. They are going to need to make a deep run. I think that they can do that with either one of Smith or Koskinen. Yes, I would agree with you. It's not exactly a, a, a high comfort level, if you will. But uh, I do think that they have what it takes to get a couple of rounds in for sure, potentially into the conference uh, semifinals. Um, but I will say this. I do think that they still have to go through the process of learning to win. I mean, we all saw in the 90s, your New Jersey's would go deep and then win the next year. Detroit's would go deep and then win the next year. You got to kind of learn the winning part of it, the, how to get there. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. uh, but I do, but I do think that that also gives time for Holland to figure out that goaltending as well. Um, 
unfortunately i don't know who's available uh and all that at this particular moment Mm -hmm. um you know i don't know if down the line uh, i don't believe so but i know that anaheim's in a situation right now where is john gibson want to stay there for a rebuild so maybe maybe I, would, I would have to look into it a little bit closer myself, yeah. but maybe that's an option where you go somewhere that route. But, yeah. m- but my point is, is that I don't believe that it's Stanley cup or bust or finals or bust at this particular moment. I do think that they can make a, a run, uh, you know, and, and, and you're definitely being too learn. nice. My others. I think I'm, I'm, oh. I, I'm tired of having the same excuses. Honestly, I am, and Ken Holland was supposed to come in and, and, and you know sort of take care of all those excuses, and I feel like he has. I feel like he's done that. And, I, and I, while I do agree with you that you a team needs to lose in order to, to grow and get Before better, they win, yeah. I, and yeah. I do agree with that, I am of the belief that when you have talent like a McDavid and a Dreisaitl, you can. You have the, the chance to not need to lose to learn. Yeah. Because I, I totally know what you mean. Because McDavid and Drysidle are such game-changing players, you don't need to do that much. I I feel they've done enough losing that those two players are done with it. And they can, believe it or not, I do feel McDavid has one more gear to expose. And he started working on it in the offseason and that's his that's his uh, one-timer from the corner. What he's doing uh-huh. is he's he's not he's like he's, he's the way Gretzky was, the way Crosby was, uh, Lemieux, all the greats. Never stop working, never stop improving, and he's doing it again. And I think this year he's he's going to show that he wasn't done working, and he's going to have that extra gear. And as my friend calls him, McVideo Game will show you that he's got that extra gear. That all of a sudden everyone's going like, what else? What else? What else can you do? He, th- you just yeah. li- there's already no stopping him, and he's gonna have one more thing to show you that you, yeah, you really can't stop me. And that's those players are special, and I think I think that's what happens this year. I think we see that, and I think, you know, I'm not saying it because I don't want to jinx it, but they're gonna be in the finals. But I'm not, I'm not saying it any more than that. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I totally see where you're coming from. As an Oilers fan, you guys see it as. Um, you know, we're wasting another year of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah, like, uh, exactly. You, you kind of want to get, you want to get there. I you want the get dynasty, it going. man. The dynasty's got to start at some point. And if it's not this year, okay, I hear it's you. next. How many times do we say it's not this year, it's next? The dynasty, I want four cups in a row. I want the old Oilers. I think it was three, sorry, not four, but I want four this time. <laughs> like I want, I want my kid to be like, wow, oh, the Oilers, man, when I grew up, there were, yeah. And it was McDavid. Yeah. For me, it was Gretzky. That's what I, I feel we're, we're there. And I feel there's the the even Ryan Nugent Hopkins I feel has figured something else out this year. I, I, maybe it came last year, and that's why they re-signed him this year. I feel like Nuge, Hyman, Drysidel, McDavid. I feel we've got something next level, and here we go. This is the year. This is the year. I think I really think it is. This is definitely the year where you make that move for sure. So okay, so we're gonna we're gonna move on to the next segment there, and um, because we live close to Ottawa, we're gonna talk about the Ottawa and kind of close to Toronto. So we're gonna talk about the Leafs a little bit. Neither of those teams I'm necessarily big on, but we I'm I'm around them enough, and we are around them enough to have some things to say about them. So so we're gonna we're gonna move on and talk a little about the uh, the Senators to start off with. So the the, the signing of Brady Kachuk, um, the timing of that was you know relatively close to the start of the year. Um, it took a long time, uh, longer than most people would have liked. I get that. Um, 
but I think that came I think that came as a result of Brady Kachuk knowing what Ottawa needed to do and knowing what his value was to that team, not necessarily the value that he would have gotten on the open market. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I would completely agree with you there. I mean, the, the, the only, the biggest thing that I have to add is if you don't sign this guy or you sign him to anything kind of less than what he signed for, I know he signed for seven years, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're signing the guy for like two, three years or a four year bridge or whatever it, it may be, what kind of message are you sending to the fan base? I mean, they've been through this constant rebuild and, you know, they're waiting for this team to actually keep some of these players around. Now, they are getting that done with people like Shabbat and they signed Batherson to a six-year deal. But let's call it what it is. When you're talking about Brady Kachuk, you're talking about the heartbeat of the team. So yeah. in my personal opinion, you had to sign him to a longer deal, whether that be kind of the six, seven-year uh, area. Um, he needed to be around for a little while. This is this is one of these uh, important players that you're building this mm. franchise around. And there's a message to be sent uh, with that signing. And I think that the uh, Senators did well. Uh, I I don't think it's an erroneous contract by any stretch of the means. I think the kid's worth it. And, I mean, you know, this is potentially somebody that's going to be potting 30 to 35 goals for you in a year. So, So, I mean, I think it's great value in all honesty. And I think that's where most people land with the signing. I think a lot of people would agree with exactly what Mike said, except I don't. I don't agree with that at all. I think if you look at his career, he has always been under a point of game. I don't see his game being um, adaptive to the way things are going in the NHL. I think he is a on the high, yeah, probably somewhere in the 30 range. Um, but on the average, I think he lands closer to between 20 and 25. Um, things that hit me hard with, with this deal. Now, listen, again, I will say this much. This deal needed to happen. He needed to stay in Ottawa. He is, uh, he is apparently what Ottawa wants to be. So he's the heart and soul. I get that. And I think with him and Stutz uh, and Batherson and Norris and Shabbat and Paul and Forsberg, these are all great players. This is a great core. I don't think he leads you to the promised land. I don't think he leads them to a Stanley Cup. I don't think he's the reason you get to the Stanley Cup. I don't even think he's the reason you get to the, to the, um, to the dance at all. Uh, let alone the Stanley Cup. So I, I think, like the playoffs, sorry. <clears throat> I think this was a, a case of he knew what Ottawa needed and saw in him, and he took advantage of it. Kudos to him. I'm not, this isn't a shot on him. But I think the hype on his game is, I don't know where it comes from. I don't think it's justified. I don't see him being anything more than a perennial 60-point player. And nothing wrong with that at, at all. But for a perennial 60-point player making roughly 250K more than Dreisaitl, that's a problem. Um, players like Shvechnikov, Connor, and Shabbat, they're making less than him. I think that's a problem. But it's not. It's a problem Ottawa had to swallow. And it's, uh, and it's a problem that Kachuk took advantage of. So at the end of the day, everyone's happy. Everyone got what they wanted. But I don't, I don't think it... I don't think just because he's making you know, dry saddle money, he's going to be playing a dry saddle game. I don't think that he's there. I don't think he ends up being a point of game player at all. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see it. I don't see anything that suggests that he is. Well, I can certainly understand where your viewpoint is coming from. I mean, if you are talking about uh, his uh, his value from a points production 
point of view. Yeah, I mean, the guy's got uh, seasons of uh, 45 and 71, 44 and 71. Um, and he had 36 points in 56 games last year. He's currently sitting with three points in four games as we speak um, this year. Uh, yeah, from a points production point of view, I could see where you're coming from. I mean, that's not a heart. And, that's not a metric for a heart and soul. And I get that. And that's no, what, no, not at all. <clears throat> but my I problem totally is get you, but the argument for Brady Kachuk signing always comes back to, but he's going to be our, not just our heart and soul, but he's going to lead the team in goals and he's going to get points and all this. I'm fine with the argument of the heart and soul. I'm not fine with the argument of points and value. He's not going to be there. He's in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. But I don't see him getting there. I see him being a solid 60-point contributor, which does not put him in a point-a-game production. It does not put him at 35 goals or more. It puts, unless it's like 35 goals and, you know, like 20 assists, which I think he's a balanced player. So it'll be more like a 25, 25, or 25 and 30 kind of thing. And I think that's where he lives. And that's, I think that's, that's your ceiling with him. And I think if you get that, you're happy. But the situation was really what drove this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, they, he and his camp knew that the senators were, I don't want to say in like a bind or anything like that, but I mean, he, I think he had a, an idea of his value, particularly on that roster, right? Um, and could kind of read the tea leaves a little bit. I mean, I personally think this can be a guy that can be, like you're saying, in that kind of 60 to a, for me personally, I think he can start hitting the 70 points. I could see a 35 and 35, especially with some of the talent that's on that team and with yeah. continued growth. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully that happens and that contract continues to look, uh, yeah. you know, even, even better as you go along here. Yeah. But I certainly see your, your viewpoint um, where is he worth the money that he's making right now with what he has provided? But as we know, this with this league and especially with these young players, mm -hmm. it's about where they, where the team thinks they are going to land and going to end up. Yeah. And that's always, uh, you know, the 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 fun part about, uh, uh, you know, these hockey leagues and these hockey pools and whatnot is different people will different see a different value, uh, or make a different valuation of that player. Yeah. I and mean, that's fine. We're basically in the we're we're basically in the same wheelhouse. We just kind of see it more along the lines of you're seeing it more of a basement, and I'm seeing more of a ceiling, right? So I we're still relatively in the same area, yeah. And view the player view the player the same way. That's true. I, but I, I will but I will say though, I think that he knew the situation that the yeah. uh, senators were under, and and again, I think as we both agree, it was it was a signing that was needed by that team. That's right. Um, you know, I just think Senator fans it. need to temper their expectations a little bit and everything. Everyone will be fine if Solon's don't get into your three and four and then start getting angry because he's not scoring uh, 100 points a game like or yeah, <laughs> I hear 100 points a season. Like, no, temper your expectations. Understand that his the heart and soul of, of and the reason why you got him was because of the heart and soul means other things that maybe aren't translated on the score sheet. And I think DJ yeah. Smith is going to do very well with this core. I think he's an excellent coach. And I think you're going to see some growth in this core that is going to be very impressive and going in the right direction. But I, this team is far from, from done from rebuilding. You can't go anywhere with Matt Murray. Uh, the, the man's made of glass. Uh, so it's, it, you're not going anywhere with him. Forsberg has potential, but I, I, will, it, will it come out in Ottawa? Or will he end up asking for too much money and then he'll have to leave? So 
Well, I don't know. I mean, I think we, I think we can both agree that, uh, you know, Murray, complete Band-Aid boy. It's definitely going to be tough, uh, I think, with him. I, I never really liked the signing right off the bat. Um, but you know, I, the guy had a little bit of pedigree, so he's getting a little bit of a leash to me where the interesting part is, if, if you're a Senators fan is, uh, um, Philip Gustafson in that, uh, currently True. in the, uh, in the minors, yeah. uh, I believe he's currently in the minors unless, uh, in, unless Murray's not back on the roster yet, I'd have to double check that. But, uh, uh, the reason I'm bringing him up is it's a small sample size, right? Uh, the guy's only played three games. He's two and one. 233 GAA and a 932 save percentage. So there is some uh, hope in net uh, moving he's, forward. He's up right now. He's up right now. And I do think, uh, you know, this is a second round pick with uh, the Penguins back a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's definitely uh, someone to keep an eye on for sure, especially if uh, Murray continues to have a rough year injury. Exactly. And as this team grows, he'll grow with them. And I think you're right. I think that's a good piece to have right there. And I think so long as management doesn't screw things up, um, everything will be fine. But I think that's another another problem with this team is um, management as a whole, like Melnick and then going out and getting McGuire, which is weird. <laughs> um, and I'm not a huge fan of Dwayne either. I feel he's got uh, a bit of um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, his swagger is a little too confident for me. Arrogance—that's the word I'm looking okay. for. Um, okay. He's—he's—I don't know. None of this is going to sound stupid, but he—he comes off as being too sure of himself sometimes. And I—I I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, he shows a lot of confidence in that group. Yeah, which is fine, which is a good thing. It's a positive thing. But I find the way he comes off about it means, you know, you're you're not capable of seeing through the potential holes that maybe you know the fans see and, and we see looking in, and that's scary because that's that's in 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 a way in a part that he's your leader, and if you're not able to see it because of your arrogance, then you know down the road things don't get better. Things stay the same. Eventually, you end up uh, you know just coasting. Similar to what's happening in Montreal, where things that haven't really changed, um, you know, th there was hope at one point, but now it's like you're just treading water and sort of dependent on two, one or two players. So I, if Ottawa isn't careful, I think that's where Dorian takes them, and, uh, and and they don't go anywhere else. I could be wrong again, of course. You know, these are just opinions, but um, I know I'm right. So <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong, but I know I'm right. Um, no, so but I mean, in. In regards to Ottawa, I mean, I, I, you know, if you're a fan of the Senators, I think you're in a good spot. You're yes. going to have a team that's going to play hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're 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 going to be in games. I don't think this is going to be a team that's obviously going to get uh, thrashed around by the league or anything like that. Yeah. I think it's going to be a hard-working group, and I think it's uh, a team that Senator fans will be able to be pretty proud of going forward, yeah. keeping your expectations where they need to be, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, um, hey, they're doing better than my Habs, right? So... That's good right. stuff right there. Uh, everyone's doing better except for Arizona. Um, <laughs> moving right along, we'll uh, we'll tap into the Leafs here now. So the Leafs is I love how touchy this is with the Leafs because Leafs fans are just awesome. Um, they're 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 a weird fan base where they can beat up on themselves, but you can't beat up on them. It's 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 funny. But um, one thing I'll say at the very least, you know, the Leafs they're they're skilled there's a lot of talent there they've got a lot of potential they have the fortune and misfortune of being in one of the if not the biggest hockey market in the entire league you know million eyes looking at you all the time if not millions um so it's got to be tough to play there but at the same time it's it's a privilege to play there 
So going into this season, I think having the goalie situation the way it is, it, it doesn't feel solid to me. I know Campbell came in on kind of a hot streak and, and, you know, kind of convinced everyone that he was, you know, the right choice and all that kind of stuff. And then going out and getting Mrazic as, a, you know, your solid contributing backup. Um, it feels like it's a gamble and I'm not a big fan of it. I think that ends up getting exposed uh, as a gamble that is not going to work out. I think your Matthews, your Marner, your, um, uh, well... Uh, Riley, um, you, you've got a good team core and there's enough talent to go around. Uh, I think even Spezza still has a lot to, to contribute and he's very valuable with that team. Bunting is going to be something. I think having Bunting and Spezza together is actually going to be kind of exciting. For some reason, I feel the two are going to do really well together. Bunting's got a lot of excitement and enthusiasm and Spezza has that, you know, I've been around the league for a while. Let me temper that a little bit, but also help you help you out and still a lot of skill too. Um, so there's a lot of promise there, but I think this is a year where you're going to see a step back um, because I think I, I think there's some mistakes that were made, and I think it starts in nets. I mean, for me, when it comes to the Leafs, um, and, and I'm I'm probably going to sound like a broken record, as most any fantasy managers or anybody who enjoys hockey has heard over the past few years. Roster construction. Yeah. It, to me, to me, Marty, uh, I uh, it's not that I don't love a player like Matthews or Marner or JT. Uh, or Nylander. I mean, uh, I'm in fantasy hockey pools. Uh, the, all of these guys are of interest to me. But when it comes down to real life, uh, I, I just I do not think that you will ever be able to win a Stanley Cup building your roster that way. And to me, that gets exasperated even more with this Riley signing. And what I mean by that is this. I'm not saying that you can't keep the band together which is now, in my opinion, five guys. Marner, Matthews, JT, Nylander, and uh, Morgan Riley, as of the signing a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. you, I don't think that you can manage to have enough depth on a year-to-year -year basis to compete for a Stanley Cup. At the end of the day, when you get to the playoffs, mm -hmm. it's a defensive-minded league. They are going to go up against teams that can shut down the Leafs' strength, yeah. offense. Yeah. So now, now, all of the weight goes on to your defensive core because, and let's face it, some of these teams that they're going to end up against, you're up against some heavy hitters in your own division alone. Yeah. Florida, Tampa Bay, Boston. I mean, you. I know that they're a surprise at the particular moment, uh, but Detroit is having a great start to the year for for where they are at, yeah. uh, and of course Buffalo at five one and one. I think we all maybe potentially see that as a little bit of a market correction coming up. But to me, it, it I just don't think you can get it, you can get it done, Marty, with the way they've built that team. I well, just because, don't think you can do it because, like you said, at the end of the day, it's it's a lot about depth. Depth will take you a lot further than, especially in the playoffs, because if you don't have that depth in the playoffs, there's always seems to be one or two players that come out of each team that are like, "Oh, geez, where did this guy come from?" You know, he did nothing yep. in the season, but now look at him. He's, you know, he's really contributing because you need that. You need secondary scoring. You need people to step up who are a, a surprise because the ones you expect to step up are being guarded and heavily. 
heavily. And um, unless you've got the luxury of having like a McDavid or a Tricidal or even a Matthews and a Marner, um, but I would, I don't know that I would put either of those players on the same tier as McDavid and, and Drysaddle in the way they can play and the way they can, you know, take on that pressure, the best of the league, and still perform uh, at the way they do. So that's something special there. But um, no, you're, uh, the depth of this team is worse this year than it's been in the last few years. And, and I for fully me, agree. The, the, for me, there's a bigger question there. At what point do you give up on the Shanna plan? Uh, at what point does Dubas have to take a take a take a gr- take a bigger part of the responsibility of this, and maybe even put his in his job in question? Because how long has this been going on? And this year, it looks like they've taken a step back. Like you're supposed to be getting better and getting closer to the cup. Well, this year, I, I, this year, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're going to be further this year than they were last year. So this doesn't make any sense anymore. So th- these people have to start wondering how much longer are they going to be around? Because if I were a Leafs fan, I'd say we're done. Find something else to, to lead the way because this isn't working. These these, these ideas aren't, aren't good anymore. Well, I mean, at some point, they are going to have to take that look in the mirror, like you're saying. Uh, you know, Dubas and Shanahan have definitely put their, uh, uh, I know it's not the right way of saying it, putting their careers on the line for this group. But I, I mean, I, I know you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, there's some truth you to know, that uh, though, at face value too. Well, th- there there really is. And, and that kind of leads me into my next point is the expectations on this group, Marty. Yeah. I mean, a- any, any, kind of, um, any kind of honeymoon uh, period that would that they would have had uh, w- with the fan base is definitely over and done with now. Yeah. I mean, enough first round exits, enough, yep. uh, enough, enough not pushing, not yeah, enough enough with the disappointments. And I mean, again, it, it, it the crux just uh, you know met at last year's uh, playoffs against the Habs. I mean, of all teams to, <laughs> to, to take them out and of all ways to take them out. Like, I mean, if I'm a Leafs fan, I was complete. I would have been completely distraught with that as well. No, I mean, I your expectations of the, your expectations of this group are enormous. And I mean, I, I can only imagine that a guy like a Marner or a Matthews, I mean, these are human beings, right? So they're definitely going to be feeling that pressure. And in that market, yeah. you and I both know that, I mean, it's it's just like a Montreal market. Whenever you wake up in the morning of a game day, you can feel the buzz going around that city all day long. Yeah. So that 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 comes with, and I from a human side of the human side of things, I, I I get it, and I and I do. My heart goes out to the millionaires, <laughs> to a degree. Um, but I at the end of the day, this stuff, this this team, the direction, the the uh, the it's the, just the underachieving. It. Period. How many years do they have to go through this before they realize, you know, the the yeah. the ones leading aren't aren't leading us to anything anymore, and we need we need a restructure. I'm not saying a rebuild because you still got all the pieces that are right, but the the philosophy of this team and and I I'm not even sold on, on the coach Sheldon. He I don't I don't know. I I feel more could be done with this team with a different coach. But, uh, you know, th- I, th- I feel that now that now into year whatever it is with Shanahan, um, there are there are just as many holes now than when there were when he took over. Um, if if it's not at least more frustrating because you've got more talent um, than when he took over. So I I don't know. I If I were a Leaf fan, I'd be like, get out. You guys are done. You had and your chance with the best we've had in years and decades and you've squandered it. Get out. 
And and one thing that I find very interesting, and I don't know if you felt the same way whenever the uh, Matthews contract came down, but as soon as I saw that it was five years, I don't know if you had the same feeling as well. I felt the countdown for five years was on. Yep. I I don't I don't have any inside information in regards to the, if this guy would sign back in Toronto again. There's just something inside of me that. Whenever I saw that him sign that five-year deal, I just said to myself, "Okay, you're on the clock for five years now, Toronto. Mm-hmm. You better get it done." That's it. So I don't, I don't know if you had that same feeling in regards to that contract. Right, similar, or, yeah. I, may, maybe I'm out to left field in regards to that. Like I, the guy may want to stay in Toronto his whole career and loves it in Toronto. I just yeah. have this funny feeling like he may, he just may head out and ship down to the states, and yeah. and you know that's that's where he's from. I, I don't know. I don't see why anybody would want to be part of the Arizona Coyotes franchise, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could see him wanting to move on from Toronto. I, again, I I could be completely wrong in that, Marty, and the guy may love it there, and he may sign an eight-year pact the next time it comes around. I just, I had this this feeling that the clock was kind of ticking right when he signed that contract, and 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 to me, it just kind of again adds to that enormous expectation, right? And I think like, that may have been his point as to why he probably told him, like, "Listen, I just want a five-year contract because I'm putting you guys on the clock. I know what I can bring. I know what I've got. But do you guys? And do you guys yeah. know how to use it?" And I think that was maybe his message. Again, no inside information on that, but that's just an opinion from the outside standing, uh, outside looking in. Um, okay, so we've kicked them enough. They're down. <laughs> enough of the salt. <laughs> On to the last segment for our first episode. It's, uh, it's, it's, this one will be a weekly segment called Beauties and the Beast, where Mike and I each pick three players that were great, that we want to sort of highlight, and then one beast that we feel are is not so much. <laughs> so I'll go first. Um, I, I, went, I went goalie heavy, and it, it wasn't by design or, or purpose or anything. It was just something that I like, just kind of came together organically on its own. So my top three were um, Bobrovsky, Anderson, and Craig Anderson. So Bobrovsky, because he went 6-0, and he's got a 181 and 944. Those are great numbers. He's looking like Vesna uh, of old, and it's been difficult for him in Florida for whatever reason. It took him two years to get here, and I think he's on his way. I think the scare of uh, Chris, uh, w- make sure I'm pronouncing it right again. Was it Chris Dreiger? Dreiger? Drager? Dreiger or Dreiger? Dreiger. Okay. You know what, folks? We'll make sure we're better with that, and we'll get uh, we'll get it right for the next episode. <laughs> Apologies to the Dreiger or Dreiger family. But anyways, he <laughs> had some... Bobrovsky had some pressure on him from them, and then not just him, too. Spencer Knight, too, who is still going to be there to give him that pressure, and he is, and I think it's going to be healthy for Bobrovsky because I think he's finally figured it out now in Florida, and I think going forward... You're looking sunny uh, in Florida as usual, um, but uh, numbers like that against teams like Pittsburgh, who came out flying out of the gate, even though they had no stars, they've done very well for themselves. Sullivan's going to be uh, going to be looked at for the Jack Adams if he continues. But anyway, so Pittsburgh, New York Islanders, Colorado, Philly, Boston—all very, very good teams—and Bobrovsky has not really. I think the first game he let in four goals. After that, the next three games was four goals total. So he has been on fire um and he'll just continue i think i don't think florida's going to slow down they're a force to be reckoned with that's for sure um i mean is in a hell of a spot right now that's a great decor down there it is oh gosh i think it's an everything core i think that team has been built um very well and for the long haul for the future because all those players are young so uh, it's really good so and the other next the other so one of the two andersons um this one out of carolina 
This is what I mean by Toronto slipped up. Um, I'm not sure why they let him walk. Um, all he ever did for them was win and play well, and he let him go, and look what he's doing. Look what he did to them when he, they met <laughs> for the first game. But he's also 6-0, 133 and 956 versus Nashville, Montreal, Columbus, Toronto, and Boston. All great teams, um, you know, except for Montreal in there, <laughs> and maybe Nashville too. But uh, <laughs> but there's still, you know, he's he has not faltered when he when he's expected to excel, and he has not faltered when he is expected to maybe you know have a difficult time. But he has looked Vesna worthy. I think these are top. I think you're going to see Bobrovsky and Anderson in the in the categories for uh, for the Vesna at the end of the season. Um, and uh, I think the the emotional win against Toronto too was a was a big one for him as well and and, and needed because he didn't they didn't just go in there and, and win they, they went in there and they beat Toronto um, so that that always feels great and um, and Craig Anderson is a surprise one because Buffalo is overachieving to the max uh, this is not I don't expect to see Craig Anderson on here again uh, I'm gonna be honest I didn't think he was still in the league <laughs> when I saw his name I was doing some research. I forgot he was in the league and of all places. Sorry, I think I said Boston. I meant Buffalo. Um, so Buffalo, not 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 going to keep this up. But for now, he's 4-1, and one, uh, 198 and 939 versus Montreal. Poor Montreal. <laughs> Montreal, Vancouver, Boston. He he's got the loss against, which makes sense. But then Tampa and Anaheim. So team as a whole playing great you know um overachieving and like i said it won't last but for now craig anderson if you're looking for a goalie to slot in there because you know he's probably coming in pretty cheap uh, in other fantasy formats you know usually uh, it costs a little bit less you have to you have to balance your budget with what you can get for players and stuff like that anderson's a cheap one for sure that you could roll the dice with him because the way buffalo is playing so um that was an interesting one so and and my and my beast i'm this almost seems unfair <laughs> But um, uh, the Arizona goalies as a whole, Arizona as a whole, really, but the, the goalies uh, are playing terrible. But Carter Hutton, it sh what is he doing in the league still? Uh, he's 0-2-0 in three games, 776 and 741 versus Columbus, St. Louis, and Florida. You know, these are good teams, tough to play. Uh, Arizona is a horrible team in front of you, but this is pretty god-awful. Um, uh, so let me just read this correctly. So he's got eight goals against on 26 shots that was against columbus six goals on 21 against st louis and the game in florida he came in for relief and uh, let in one out of 11 but um at the end of the day he makes them even worse i, I don't like er, he's only ever played good for nashville and st louis and those are heavily always have been heavily defensive first teams and those were the only two years and these were years ago those were two years where he had decent uh, numbers um, but outside of those two, he's always played bad. He was terrible in Buffalo, and even though Buffalo also, you know, bad as well. He basically is a goalie who can't play well unless the team in front of him is playing well. So I don't know how he's a starting goalie. At best, he's a backup goalie, but you know, somehow in his career, he's been a starter. So, anyways, those are that's it. That those are my beauties and the beast. I hope that makes sense for you. <laughs> well, they just need a couple of warm bodies out there in Arizona, right? That, so I mean, yeah. they're, you they're put in the call at some point, I think. You put in the call of Hutton and he answers the call, but <laughs> all right, folks. So uh, you just heard Marty's beauties and the beast for the week. And uh, we'll move on to uh, Mike's. Um, I have got Jacob Markstrom who has been playing lights beauty. out beauty 
three shutouts in the last four games for the uh, Flames. I mean, this guy I don't think can be in any better a position, um, especially with a uh, Daryl Sutter coach team. We know exactly what that's going to mean. Complete and utter defensive hockey. Uh, and his stats obviously bode that. 4-1-1, uh, mm-hmm. and one, 138 GAA with a 957 save percentage. So, I mean, if you uh, picked up Markstrom in your uh, fantasy pool or if he's somebody that you uh, held on to even after somewhat of a rough year last year in Calgary, mm-hmm. uh, he's definitely paying Genius. the dividends for you now. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, Andrew Mangiapane uh, is my next one uh, of the beauties Mouthful. for the week. Well, I'll tell you, this guy has gotten goals and goals and more goals. Uh, this goes back to the end of last year. I believe he had uh, two or three in the last couple of games. Yeah. Uh, he goes to the world championship and basically ends up being a spark plug down there and scores seven goals. And then he basically starts a season right where he left off for the past, uh, what, five, six months. Uh, and he's got seven goals in eight games. Uh, the guy can't buy an apple uh, <laughs> in any game that he's played so far, but uh, he's, he definitely has put in the puck in the net. He's got a plus one. And uh, he is definitely thriving underneath, uh, again, a Daryl Sutter coach team. And yeah. I got to think that Daryl Sutter loves this player. Yeah, I think that's why you're seeing such a, a huge uh, uptick in his goal production right now, just because he's in the right system. I'd love to know the ice time here for you folks, but I would have to imagine that that's probably gone up uh, uh, from last year as well. Um, with uh, my third uh, beauty for the week, um, I'm going to go ahead and tout a uh, rookie defenseman from the uh, Detroit Red Wings, Moritz Sider. This guy is making Eiserman look like an absolute genius. Which he already Six did. 6'4", he's 100. Even smarter, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I know. Like, I mean, who 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 doesn't feel comfortable with what Eiserman's doing there? Exactly. And then he, he goes and makes whatever with everybody and their dog thought was a reach. Uh, a couple of drafts ago, yeah. and he is looking—he is looking like a genius at this point. The the kid's got eight points um, in nine games, eight assists. He hasn't scored yet, uh, but I'm—I don't think that's going to be very far off. No, and more importantly, Marty, uh, over all those stats, the kid isn't even in Detroit nice. right now. Yeah. Now, now look, I know they're playing well and everything, but I think we, you and I could both agree that we were definitely. Uh, looking at uh, uh, an even worse differential for Detroit than it is right now. It's currently sure. at a minus two. But, uh, I mean, this guy's playing some uh, some big minutes, uh, making... Uh, I think making, at one point you and I uh, talked Eisenman. about it, and he was like, uh, you can... Almost, maybe that's why Eisman went and get him, went and got him, sorry, because he's maybe he's like a Lidstrom, right? When Eisman played with Lidstrom, maybe that's what he was looking at, and maybe that's what this kid is, because uh, he wow. looks like it. He's outscored right. Lidstrom in the first eight games of his career. There you go. See? Uh, sorry, my apologies. In the first nine games of his career, he has outscored Lidstrom. There's a stat I saw last night uh, taken in some of the games. and Something uh, to consider, folks. popped up. Oh, man. Uh, if you have this guy on your fantasy team. You're holding on. I.E. Ryan, I.E. Ryan, I'll be calling you again on this okay. guy. Um <laughs> He is somebody that you definitely want to get into the lineup. Uh, yeah. I mean, even as a, even as a rookie, yeah. uh, he's definitely not going to be hurting your lineup in any way. Uh, it's sort of he's a he's a set and forget it player. You've got him on your team. You're going to have him for a long haul. Put him in and just move I think on. So. Yeah, yeah. And as for my uh, beasts, and it's not to be controversial here, folks. I'm actually putting it down uh, so that we can learn from it and we can we can be better. 
but my beast for the week is the Chicago Blackhawks organization. Um, you know, yeah. not trying to start any controversy in any way, shape, or form, but I think that as uh, hockey, the hockey hockey culture as a whole uh, can learn from this. And without getting into a whole bunch of details, folks, we can just be better. Period. Yeah. Uh, and 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 make sure that these players do feel safe, uh, and anybody else that wants to join the game of hockey mm-hmm. uh, that you and I have such a passion for mm-hmm. that they feel that they can uh, they can do that and not have to worry about any of this uh, any of that kind of stuff so yeah um, beauties for the week Markstrom Manjupane cider and my beast is unfortunately the Chicago Blackhawks organization I think very well said Mike that was uh, that was well done um Okay, well, uh, you know that makes that's that's the end of the the first episode. That one's in the bank. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Um, you know, it was a it was a lot of pleasure doing this, and I think going forward, uh, you know, if if there are things that you didn't like, feel free to let us know on our on our Twitter feed and all that kind of stuff. We're gonna let you know in a minute, and um, you know, feel free to reach out. We want to try and stay as engaged as we possibly can with all the all of our listeners, and and keep this as as fun and entertaining as as we possibly can. So. You know, if there are things we're doing wrong or things we're doing right, we'd like to hear both. And, uh, and you know, we're human. We make mistakes, and but we're here to have some fun and, and learn and, and just, and just yeah, and just do that. We want you guys to all be part of the show. So any way that you guys think we can make it better, uh, we're very open to that. And certainly uh, we'll take that into account. We want this to be as best as it can possibly be, and that will be with the help of you guys too. Excellent. Well said, Mike. everyone out there for listening if you're interested in reaching out to us you can email us at two guys a league and some guests at gmail.com you can find our latest episodes at rss.com slash podcast slash or you can follow us on twitter where you can find all of our info our handle is at tugalag that's the number two followed by g-a-l-a-g thanks for listening and until next time